This is Crush on Radio. Uh, this is episode three of the show, and uh, my guest this week is Benjamin Alexander. Basically, he is the reason why this show is back on the air. Oh, that's not true. Okay, well, you can't be true. Well, a huge part of it. That's impossible. Well, well, you know, you you graciously accepted me into Constellation, so thank you. Well, thank you, thank you for coming on. It's uh, I, it's been invigorating. I just in the well, just w- between Merlin's episode and then the one that we have uh, coming up, I've suddenly been listening to a lot of music again, which is great. Well, my work here is done, and this is, this concludes the final episode of Crush on Radio. Ever. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. I've got a few more guests I'm hoping to get in in the near future. So, but uh, I'm glad you're on, and uh, you picked a, an interesting record this week, something that. I've been putting off listening to you forever, so I'm, I'm glad you picked it. Can you? Why don't you set it up for everyone? Sure. Um, so actually, I will set it up. So picture it's oh man, what it's maybe 2001, 2002. See, this is so bad. I don't even remember exactly when it came out. 2003. You're close. 2003. Okay. And um, and you're, you're a Mac geek, right? And you're you're working at a web design shop, and your boss starts playing this fantastic radio station. That's like nothing you've ever heard before because you live in you live in Akron, which is near Cleveland. So your idea of radio is is WMMS. You know, it's it's a lot of classic rock. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And, and this station he keeps playing, it's it's called KCRW, and it's out of Santa Monica. And what sorcery is this that you're listening to a radio station from California that happens to be the station that sort of ha- sort of has this magical spot in in the culture at the time where whatever you hear on this channel 3 months later you're going to start hearing it on TV shows and in advertisements and um it's just one of those uh one of those things that for someone living in the Midwest was kind of th- this magical thing that all of a sudden I could be hip for the cost of nothing right where I just had to listen to this one channel and this is how I discovered the postal service um which in 2000, what, 2002, 2003, I don't think I'd even heard Death Cab for Cutie at the time, but this is, uh, this is a combination. It's a super group, Postal Service is a super group, uh, consisting of Ben Gibbard of Death Cab, um, Jimmy Tamborello, who is in a couple other bands, what, D'Intel, and I forget the other one, um, and Jenny Lewis of Rilo Kiley, who I'm in love with. And, uh, Richard, it's hard to explain, isn't it? It's a weird record. It is. Um, it's an electronic record. That's I get my guess might be a start. <laughs> right, but it's it's uh for the time it, it's it's it, it did, there wasn't anything else that sounded like this when it came out. Yeah. And uh it was really unique at the time and and just fit It's hard to explain. It's a little bit glitchy even, right? It's a little It doesn't sound like a lot of the uh contemporary electronic pop from the era, which doesn't break my heart. I was a fan of electronic music. I think, you know, some of the stuff coming out in the early two thousand in the 2000s wasn't great. Uh at least not until uh, I think LCD Sound System was what turned it around for me. But yeah, you know, and that was that was the other album. That was the other album I was thinking of of doing. What I was going to do Sound of Silver, I think. Sound of Silver, right? Anyways, yeah, it, it, it was. It's hard to even classify Death Cab. I think um, I'm not even sure if people would even want to call that that style. Um, but just this combination of 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 
Ben Gibbard and this this weird glitchy electronic pop. I mean, it's very pop, and that's the I guess that's that's the thing that's that stands out for me about this record is it's the record that. I guarantee you've heard songs off this album, right? Because you you've heard them in movies being covered by other bands. They're they've been on tons of TV shows. Like if if you if you went and and looked up the singles, you'd find them all over the place. But I I know almost nobody who's who's like really into the band, who's into the group. And uh, so when you asked me to pick a, pick a group, this was it's actually you know the the one that that fit for me because uh, the story behind it is so great to me is that that it, it, it comes down to the name, right? So it's these, it's these three musicians working together and it's, it's early 2000. So you don't really have great internet at that point. And so they're sending the tracks back and forth, um, cross country, I think, um, using, uh, using the postal service, right? They're mailing each other these tracks and, uh, I don't know. To me, it just it's it kind of is symbolic of like how far <laughs> we've come technologically, but how how quickly musicians can adapt and and just create things and at, kind of in the gaps and the niches where where things don't seem to be possible. And and it, for me, this album sort of exists in that same space musically. Um, I mean, it's this post nine eleven era. It, you know, there's this. For a for a good period of time there, music got really dark for me. I mean, all the all the bands I was listening to, it really had a really really negative edge, which I guess isn't that surprising. But um this this album really reflects that in in a in a weird way. It's it's hard to explain. And there's definitely an air of melancholy about the whole thing. Right. It's like it's it's as if things are just dissolving. Like the whole even you know, the name the name the 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 album name is is Give Up. <laughs> So, uh, some of the lyrics just are so striking to me. The 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 I, mean, there's, I think it's the district sleeps on the night. So the the guards in the on ramp are armed to the teeth, and you may case the grounds from Cascades to Puget Sound, but you are not permitted to leave. There's guards at the on ramps, armed to the teeth. From the Cascades to Puget Sound But you are not permitted to leave I know there's a big world out there Like the one that I saw on the screen In my living room late last night It was almost too bright to see Just it just I don't know it strikes me I don't know if it's any good I don't actually know if it's any good I just know <laughs> I like it. I you you've con, you you converted me. Um, it was interesting listening to this because yeah I it I couldn't actually place most most of the songs except for such great heights which right. I've only heard in the uh, cover by Iron and Wine. Yeah, I mean I probably heard the original too somewhere because again these there was something so familiar about it it felt like I'm putting on 
uh, an old sweater, even though this is the first time I listened to the whole record. Yeah, well, and that's kind of, and that's how, it, you know, it's definitely how it felt like going back and listening to it again. But um, you have heard him though. Like I just guarantee, like you've if you've watched, you know, like it's been on Veronica Mars, right? It, it, there, there've been. It's one of those bands that they're they're infused into pop culture in weird ways that you just, but they're not like no one knows who they are. They're like, oh, it's a guy, it's the guy from that one band that everyone's sad all the time. I've heard this song before somewhere, but where, where? Right. And well, and that's the that was the you know my weird intro. That was that KCRW connection. Is that was the, this the story of this album kind of reflected that same that same era to me, like the the early two thousands, where all of a sudden the world got really small. And you know, it's, I mean, what you live in New York, right? So yeah. you've got cool bands playing around you all the time. I live in Ohio. You know, we have <laughs> I live in Northeast Ohio. We we haven't had you know, well, we have the Black Keys. Like we have good bands, but they leave. Yeah, well, no. Even uh, Perubu moved to uh, moved to Lo- even David Thomas from Perubu moved to <laughs> right. London. So yeah, right. never mind. Yeah. Never mind. We've, got De- we've still got the Devo boys, but I mean, not even really that. Yeah, they all live in. They all moved to LA in the seventies. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I I I used to go to a like a business networking meeting, and one of the one of the uh, mothers' boss was there, and he has a home construction business now. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. That's just. A- it's bizarre. Also, I think this is three episodes in a row where we suddenly started talking about Devo for no good reason. Well, it kind of can't be avoided. I mean, <laughs> I should Yeah, they loom large. They do. Back to back to KRCW and the world getting smaller. Yeah. So this this thing happened, right? Where all of a sudden, not only you know, I, I, it's it it seems so little and small now, but it it wasn't, and it certainly wasn't at the time. Was you know, I was here. I'm like, what I'm in, you know, my early twenties, and I'm listening to this live, you know, 24-hour day, multiple streams. Like, you know, KCRW has, it's from the Santa Monica Community College. I don't know. I'm probably messing that up. Sorry. Anyone's listening and knows. But, um, and this is, you know, like, Morning Becomes Eclectic. Uh, it's where um, uh, Harry Shear does some of his stuff. Uh, just all kinds of great DJs, you know, they're spinning, you know, electronic stuff, alternative stuff. Uh, but it's really just this this huge eclectic Taste and so it's, it's a great college radio station, basically just the quintessential college radio with some money behind it, and they're playing all this fantastic stuff. And this is how I heard this uh, this album, and it was I don't actually don't think they're still in the iTunes radio like the actual radio station section in iTunes. I'm not sure they're even still in there. I think something came up, but they had they couldn't do it anymore. But um, just this this big shift uh, for me, where it's, it sounds like it sounds really crass and stupid, but it's like Hey, I can listen to this thing and I get to hear cool bands way before anyone else. And like predictively, you know, reliably, we'll see these things kind of make their way through the culture. Uh, and this was, you know, actually, this really wasn't one of them. They didn't hit that big, but it like happened with Keen. It happened with Snow Patrol. Like, I'm like, oh, these bands are really cool. And I'm listening to them on my CD. And then six months later, I'm listening, hearing it on the radio. And it's like, fine. It's like, that's okay, whatever. You found a cool radio station. But that the fact that anyone could do this now, right? That even, even, and it's just consumption, right? This isn't even creation, but just that anyone could be really that equally plugged into where the tastemakers were, were going with things was, was, was really cool. Cause again, I mean, I'm in Ohio, like just you plugged in your Mac and you got it. This, you know, it, it reflected that, that idea reflected in this album as well, where it's this, uh, 
it's just these three musicians like like literally mailing you know, mailing these dats back and forth and uh you could you could accomplish a huge amount with just very very little i think that's what i don't know i'm not sure if that's it makes sense to me and yeah this this really was about the time when things started to get disintermediated um because right. of the power of the internet you know um pretty much uh, all the music i listen to now is i listen to now because not not because of the radio i did listen to in Philadelphia, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, talk about WMMS, because in Philadelphia we have WMMR, which is uh-huh. the, the classic rock station there. Right. <laughs> One letter off. <laughs> a lot of, lot of weird synchronicities that like that, because yeah, you're area code, area code 214, Philly's 215. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Spooky. Well, they probably assigned them all, right? They probably started getting assigned, like, before everything blew up, so they're just right next to each other. Yeah. But, um, so, you know... Right, this is at the time when the internet's basically just disintermediating music. Uh, uh, forgive Mr. Softy Truck. It's summer. Yeah. That is you, not me. Okay. Okay. And uh, suddenly we, we're no longer tied to what's on the radio for what we listen to. Right. You had, for you, was, you know, listening to radio online. For me, it was Napster, but. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. Well, it was both, right? And. This is sort of like the same as as with iTunes kind of coming in and cleaning up the mess that Napster created, right? It's like Napster, Napster helped. Like you could get anything, but it wasn't guaranteed that it'd be any good, and you needed to know what you were going to get anyways, right? Yeah. And 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 iTunes helped solve part of that, right? Like okay, quality control. You know, we, you know everyone's getting paid. Like here, we we've solved some of these problems, made it easy, but. You know, it's that word discovery, which I kind of hate, but um, you need DJs, right? There's a good, there's a good reason for DJs and, and, and is that they, they, they're going to spend a lot of time. Well, it's it's like this show. It's like the purpose of this show. You know, the first episode, we got to hear an album and hear the background about it, which is just this facet. I mean, you know, talking about the Wrens with Merlin's thing, like it's, it's practically this meta story for anyone creating anything, right? True. And it's this fantastic story, and and it's like you would never ever ever get that without that that disc jockey element, right? That that essentially, you know, what this show does is like here we're doing this this really in depth disc jockey bear. We're not doing fifteen seconds talking about a song, right? We're doing an hour or something talking about a whole album, but it's giving people the whole story behind it, and that's something that I think that the radio stations brought, right? That they 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 did have at least at one point, and then they kind of lost. And then, because I mean, if you think about where that disintermediation came in, right? That is, you know, from the just say it's 2000 and on. We think about the late 90s, right? Think about how pop music and how really ossified things had become pretty much everywhere outside of hip hop, and and even then it is starting to kind of get get a little stuck. And then, boom! It's just like this explosion happens, and it, I think we're still kind of sorting it out musically. It's like what what does genres even mean anymore? Right? Like what what is pop music? What is can you even gauge that at all based on things like record charts or numbers or or radio airplay? What 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 is popular in in an era when everyone can be listening to something completely different and there's no shortage? Right, exactly. What does it mean? Like and and that there's very little you know and I've talked about this with with you know people who are younger than me trying to get a, a feel for is like is there a song that everyone's listening to? Like I I've actually started listening to to like stuff like like Kiss FM like you know our our local like top forty station, 
just just to try to have some sense of that like what are, you know what is the music that is that is popular that you know that just everyone should know and it's actually some pretty good stuff out right now yeah i'm pleasantly surprised i actually went to the a concert of the first band i've ever been to that had a song in the top 40 uh with me while i'm an adult uh-huh so i kind of pop in brooklyn uh they're the i don't i love it i don't care song people okay uh-huh you, you if i told myself that 10 years ago i wouldn't believe it <laughs> right well yeah gosh the number of things that i asked myself 10 years ago, like it's it's everything's almost completely upside down now like, like we live in this this apple dominated world where trent reznor is winning grammys for music scores like what no, no none of these things should even be alive <laughs> there we go so what did you did you enjoy the album did you like it oh immensely um yeah, you know, I only got a chance to really listen to it once, though. Uh, just been kind of busy the last few days, but I'm. It's going into my permanent rotation as well. Okay. I already after one listen. Well, good because I actually felt a little bad because I I just didn't have time to you know to really come up with a really coherent not essay or story behind it. I mean, there's lots. There's all these little. I have all these little stories about it. Not every. Not everything can be like you know. This is the record you listen to while you're building your uh, your the website that basically made you famous. Right. So that's all right. Uh, I mean, where do you want to start with the actual? I mean, we talked about a little bit about the district sleeps alone and and some of the lyrics. Drop a song clip back in there. District sleeps alone. Such great heights are are just I guess are sort of the hits. But um, I love Clark Gable. I love this place as a prison, and um, and we will become silhouettes. I've got a cupboard with cans of food, filtered water, and pictures of you. And I'm not coming out until this is all. I just love any time that um, the Jenny Lewis. <laughs> I just I love her voice. It's just she does have a great voice, and and that got me into Rilo Kiley. And see that I guess that's kind of the thing with where the connection to KCRW comes in is is this this album like spawned off like if you could just draw like all the little connections coming out of it to other people that I found and listened to that I never thought I would have would have enjoyed. Uh, this like this album kind of sits at the center of it. Uh, plus it's sub pop, I think. I think it's sub yeah. pop, right? Yeah. Sub pop. Which is but see, that's like will will people even know what that means? We're so old, so old. <laughs> I'm I sort of know. I, I I got into music just a little too late to catch like the Nirvana But that's it. If you get that then you get it, right? That yeah. it's just like this is this this record label that puts out all these fantastic albums and then, you know, no one stays with them. They're just they launch things. And based out of Seattle, didn't they just open up a record store in the Seattle airport? I think John Roderick was uh, at the opening for that. <laughs> it's not a bad spot, though. True. I mean, just here, I just, I, I, I'm struggling to figure out like, how would you, like, just taking a vinyl onto an airplane though. You know, you're leaving Seattle, and like, oh, that, I can, I can see getting a CD at the airport, but not a, not an actual record. That, that's just. 
I'd hate to be sitting next to you if you're carrying like a couple 12 inches. Don't Seattle airplanes that come with, with like records and tube amps though? <laughs> I don't like each, I don't know. There, there's a, there, there's a startup idea. Um, you know, uh, flannel airlines, flannel airlines. Yes. Every, uh, tray table is actually a turntable right. with a, with the tube amp. You know, heck with the show. Let's go start that up now. <laughs> That's a good idea. I, I like it. We're disrupting music and the airline industry. Get Neil Young on board. Oh, I would love to work with Neil Young. Can man, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. But we're we're getting off track again. <laughs> we are. We're gonna start talking about Pono now. Please don't get me started on that. Okay. Yeah, I won't. It's okay. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, we'll 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 save that. The guy can be like an after dark or something. <laughs> um, I like tube amps. I like analog stuff. I'm I'm pretty solidly digital, if only because <laughs> I have very limited space at the moment. So I just like things that glow. I guess my uh, my iPhone can glow if I turn the screen back on. There you go. Um, it's a it's interesting listening to this too. Um, are you familiar with an app called Casio Tone for the Painfully Alone? Nope. Okay. Casio Tone for the Painfully Alone. Nope. Pretentious band name. Not quite as pretentious as Orchestral Nervous in the Dark, but great music. <laughs> just uh, it's one guy. Bunch of Casio keyboards, preset beats. Typically, the first few albums are kind of lo-fi, but they're, this is sort of like Casio Tone for the Painfully Alone, uh, listening to the Postal Service. It was like that with money and real synthesizers. Uh-huh. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. No, I, that does make sense. It has that... Right. It's it, The whole album sounds like it could have been made with much, much worse gear, right? <laughs> with, with much, much less polish, and they just, they just happen to have... Have I guess the time really to to tweak it all, but um, Casio Tone for the Painfully Alone is dead. It says they're dead. Yeah, the uh, the guy's not making music under that name anymore, but oh. yeah, you can still check their, their albums haven't gone away. And you know, it's it's similar in that sort of like you know sparse, kind of glitchy percussion. Sometimes uh, mm-hmm. like their later stuff, kind of borrowed from that glitchy poppy beats that the Postal Service used. Their earlier stuff is a little more you know. Little, little, really preset Casio beats. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, if you, I've listened to the, though to Casio tone before I listened to the Postal Service, and that that was one of the things that stuck right out at me is just how kind of minimalist the music really is. Yeah, there's that that hit me too when I was listening back again, like trying to just pull apart um, the different elements, and um, it's very it's very spare. There's just like a surprisingly little there, but it it it's put together well, but, but you can hear, I don't know, you can I'm not saying you can hear the artifacts of how it was made, but it isn't, you can tell it, it wasn't really that thoroughly produced. I guess that's what I mean. Like it sounds like it could have been made with less, like it, you can, you can hear how little they used to make it, I guess, right. That there's, it's not multiple, multiple layers. Um, it really was right at that edge, right. Where, I mean, honestly, you know, in, in 2001, 2002, Having a, a a dat and having you know, I mean you you weren't really doing a lot of recording on your computer, right? It wasn't it wasn't that easy to do. I mean I was, but like if you were a serious musician, you still probably weren't weren't you know you were you would have spent you would have gone into the studio to do this stuff, and so you couldn't you couldn't layer stuff up as as insanely as you can now. I mean, how much of it is much of the sparseness is a deliberate thing, and how much of it is uh, is a limitation? That that's yeah, I wonder. I don't think we can ever tell. It, it's sort of an artifact of music making. It, it it's worth thinking about. And you know, we have. I mean, I don't think you could make this record now. I mean, just you the the way they collaborate on the record. It reminds me of uh, when are you you 
I'm sure you know David Byrne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He and a couple couple years ago, David Byrne and Brian Eno put out a second record, very different than My Life in the Bush of Ghosts, but it was something they were collaborating on long distance. You know, just sending files back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think he also did the same thing with the David Byrne Saint Vincent record. Okay. Yeah. If you haven't heard that one, check that out. No, I haven't. I will. I'll, yeah, I'll, love I'll this giant. I mean, it it's. David Byrne is is genius, and so is St. Vincent. So. No, that'd be very cool. You combine the two. Yeah, exactly. That'd be <laughs> great. Two great tastes that go even better together, and that has a horn section. So, you know, nowadays it's it's so – you the limitations aren't necessarily there unless you enforce them yourself. Right. And it can be and, – and that lack of limitation can be really, like, maddening, too. Like, I've – as you know, the same time I was getting, this, getting into this album um, – listening to it it was you know i was starting to record a lot of music on my on my mac which was like it was just suddenly possible right you could start to do this stuff yeah when did the first version of GarageBand come out anyway i don't know uh see this would have been i was using cubase at the time like i was still it still wasn't cheap right it was still so this would have been you know i bet GarageBand hit like 2005 2006 and then when it hit ipad like that's like that's I think the point where you got to really like just view like music recording has been democratized. Like there's no more gigantic wall because you could do it anywhere, anytime. Exactly. <laughs> but the, but the but the same time like and this is something that I ran into and I, and I know I mean professional musicians ran into this too. It's like all of a sudden you have this huge landscape to make any sound you want, and it's not it's not like you're just like the Beatles like doing a bunch of overdubs, right? Like, you know, making impossible instruments, impossible arrangements. And then when it goes time to play the thing live, well, now all of a sudden you're a band that has a, has a tape deck running, basically, right? You have, you have so much that has to, be, has to be sequenced that can't be performed live. And you could see it with a lot of electronic bands, how they had to move through this sort of, there was this netherworld in like the mid-late 90s before, real, I, mean, I guess I'm really before, you know, computers got yet again cheap enough that you could start to to move a lot of this stuff back into a kind of a live domain and, and just have, you know, purpose-built sequencers since that were, you know, just really, really custom designed for what you needed. But um, there's like, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Like you go down that way, like what you can do while recording, well, anything, right? But is that, yeah. is that like necessarily good for the music? Or are you just putting yourself in a position where you've, you've made an artifact, but you've made something that you can't ever you can't ever play. You can't recreate. Like you might not even really know what the notes are because you've you've munched it up so much. Yeah, it's interesting talking about that. At uh, last last October, I saw the Long Winters perform uh, "When I Pretend to Fall." Uh huh. I'm sure you know that record, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, the record itself is very lushly produced. A lot of uh, string pe- string. There's strings and horns and everything on there. And you know, bless the, bless the uh, bless John Roderick because for being such a great songwriter that it do, those songs don't need those things to stand up on their own. And so right. when it's just you know the four of them on stage, you know the guitar guitar drums bass keyboard, it, it everything still works. You don't right. need that stuff. And and that's a huge challenge. Like to do that is yeah, you're making two versions of this at least, right? You're you've got this you've got the song and then you have its. Gosh, you know what it reminds me of is I just watched this great documentary. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's uh, it's co- called Muscle Shoals. It's about the the recording industry in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which just blow your mind how much the great music, you know, the the rock and funk and soul music that came out of the '60s and '70s and '80s came out of like, I mean, I'm not kidding. One town in Alabama, like two studios and like five or six like session musicians. Uh, 
You know, you know that line in 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 Sweet Home Alabama and in Muscle Shoals, they've got the Swampers. Uh, that they're talking about these three guys who are the the Swampers or these uh, these session musicians who who played at at Fame Studios um, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and and. Sorry, I know it seems like a complete non sequitur, but it's it's the it's the flip side of this is is that this this studio, the sound that they got, so many of these albums that that we associate with being you know written and produced and completely created by these these famous musicians, the the rhythm section, what really went into it, um, what what made it work, came from like these three no names, like people you wouldn't know from Adam. Uh, and, uh, and they had to write these, they had to write music that worked as an album, but that also would end up working live on stage that other people could play. Um, and, you know, and, and I guess probably that's the biggest thing to overcome. They had to overcome that, that ego, the fact that, you know, they were, they were always behind the scenes, right? Like no one would ever know who they are. That's total non sequitur. I'm sorry. I think that that seems to be poor for the course for, for, <laughs> for this show already. So. You got to see it. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. You you would enjoy it a lot. Um, I don't have Netflix, but I will definitely do my best to track this down some way or another. It's on iTunes too. Yeah, it is. On, they have it on iTunes. Okay. Because I just I was telling Lorenzo about it. So cool. We should talk about the album, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Have you ever seen them perform? Have you ever seen these? Uh, seen them perform live? Post no. Shirts? No. No. Okay. Um. Gosh, I don't even think I. I didn't even realize that they they kind of come. They had done this little re- reunion tour until <laughs> you brought it up and I had to check out their website. Yeah, because I'm curious how, just talking about the uh, how this would translate live. I'll have to see if I can find some videos on YouTube of them. I'm really not sure how they... I never even thought of them as a live band, right? Like, I just had never even considered it and I don't... Like, so much so much has changed in terms of, well, you know, for, particularly with Death Cab, but also with Rilo Kylie. I mean, achieving at least moderate success, but Death Cab, Death Cab was really big for a few years. Um, at least they seem that way, but who knows? That's the thing. What does it mean anymore? Yeah. Big, big is relative. Uh, and St. Vincent, she just played Saturday night live. Right. And yet, you know, not, I saw her back in February and like no one in my office knew who the hell she was except for me. Right. And I, at least no one I know in my office knew, knew who she was. So, you know, what, what is big anymore? Obviously. And can you be big and can you be anonymous in a way like the postal service? You know, it's like, I, I have no idea who, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, have, I know, I knew who Death Cab was. I knew of the Postal Service before this, for this whole thing. Right. But, but would you, would you recognize Ben Gibbard on the street? Like, not at all. Probably not. And well, and that, then that brings us back to LCD sound system. Right. Well, I, I think I would recognize Chance Murphy though. I, yeah. I would recognize James Murphy too. And I would absolutely mob him. Uh, you ever run into James Murphy? I wish. Oh. Now, New York, it's, it, it, New York is, is, I, New York is a big, big place. And I've had like maybe one or two celebrity spawnings since moving here. And it's just like, oh, hey, it's that guy. Okay. Moving on. I got to get right. to work now. <laughs> yeah. You got to be cool. You got to be cool. Yeah. I actually walked past David Byrne a few years back, just crossing Fifth Avenue. He was holding a cup of coffee. And, yeah. And that night was it. I was like, oh, holy shit, David Byrne. I, you know, d- this reminds you know David David Byrne did this PowerPoint thing. Let me find it. Oh, I I remember this. Yes, I didn't see it. But one of my friends did. Uh, they came to Akron. Um, David Byrne's been 
I've been working with PowerPoint, the ubiquitous presentation software, as an art medium for a number of years. It started off as a joke. This software is a symbol of corporate salesmanship or lack thereof. But then, but then the work took on a life of its own as I realized I create pieces that were moving despite the limitations of the, quote, medium. Um, and he just he makes these PowerPoints. Um, and oh, it's, it's, they're fantastic. Envisioning emotional epistemological information. <laughs> it's just... Uh, uh, Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, LCD sound system, right? Like, yeah. band that, like on the verge of blowing up blew up i don't know they were pretty big and then just like no we're done yeah and it's, and it's not even upset it's like and we're cool with it too yeah i mean i don't really know if band's the right word for it i mean there were there was a band but it was really just james murphy right. and his you know and whatever in the hired guns as it were yeah i agree yeah that's but it was you know there's still three amazing records and i remember watching the live stream of their last show i i couldn't get a ticket for it <laughs> For love, for love or money, I couldn't get a ticket for it. So, oh, that would, yeah. The um, we saw them in Columbus. We saw them with um, with Arcade Fire, and uh, wow, like because they they did a little bit where they were both like the arcade the Arcade Fire group was out and they were out and they're all playing each other's songs, and and it seems like a weird matchup, but man, they fit really well. Like just because both groups have this you know this incredible layering of sound, just one's all electronic and one is mostly not. But you know, it's a multi multi instrumental multi instrumentalist versus synthesizers. But I don't think I've ever that the sound of that show of the LCD sound system show was just I've never heard bass so good. Like it was just it was amazingly well done. Uh, and he I didn't expect it from from them at all. But uh, they they really could bring it live. Yeah, I I really wish I had gotten into them uh, before. Uh, right until like I think I got to him right before. Um, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah, and then suddenly you know, like we're, we're announcing a farewell show. Well, now we're announcing a several farewell shows because of scalpers. Now it's over. <laughs> like, God, damn it! I shouldn't complain though. I've seen so many bands in London concert I never thought I'd ever get to see. So, see, I've 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 never been that lucky. I haven't seen that many. I've seen good one. I've seen good shows or shows I've seen, but I just I don't know. You live in New York. It's it's not saying it's easier for you, but there's a higher density of cool bands playing. Yeah, I mean, and I've lived in Philadelphia, which is you know about two hours by bus. So if, you know, if there's a band I'm really to seeing, they're playing in New York. You know, okay, hop a bus. Right. If they're playing Atlantic City. Okay, hop a bus or hop a train. Yeah. It's, in fact, I just saw Kraftwerk uh, about a month ago. Really? And that's like, oh, I never thought I'd get to see them. Wow. Are they, I never didn't think they were still around. And anyway, yeah. is this a reun, reunion tour? Or are they still putting stuff out? Um, they're supposedly working on a new record. On a new record, it's it's, it's just Carl, uh, uh, not Carl. Uh, it's just Ralph at this point, and uh, two uh, two other two other guys and a video technician. But uh, you know, Florian quit the band a couple years ago, so they're supposedly they're working on a record. But they've they've been touring it here and there occasionally. And they've got an incredible show, huge 3D visual, uh, 3D video projection behind them. It's it was visually one of the most stunning shows I've ever been to. Oh wow! And I'm the sound was great too. Images there of it, yeah. See, they have their they have their custom vocoder. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like they they built their own synths. Yeah, and now you don't have to do that. But yeah, you know, I think that. But, but maybe you should. Yeah, <laughs> you still should. Yeah. So, you know, to get back again to the Postal Service, I mean, this is a record that captures uh, a really interesting point in music. Just like we're right on the cusp of 
everything changes. Yeah, right in the middle of that maelstrom. Right, and uh, and it's it's just interesting to go, to listen back ten years on and uh, to recognize that because it it, re- it really it, I don't think I at least I I didn't you you knew things were changing there but everything seemed very dark right like you just couldn't see the the bigger maybe better picture of what was going on at the same time and like I said that 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 starkness and that that sense of decay that seems to fill most of that album, I think really represented those years. Um, and it's just, it, I don't know, for me, it was like, it was kind of refreshing to go back and, and re-listen to it. And not, not that it feels quaint necessarily, but to be, but to kind of see like, okay, well, a lot of these, a lot of these things worked out better than, than they seemed at the time. Cause it's a dark album. I mean, it's not, it's dark, but it's, it, there's, there's a lot of beauty in that darkness. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what, I think that you know that that same vein kind of carries over to to Death Cab and 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 Rilo Kylie stuff too. You'll you know you hear that same thing. And both those are bands I should probably check out uh, in in a little more depth as well. Like, like I said, this was the first time I've, I've listened to this actual to this record knowingly at least. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> well, there wasn't a cover band playing it on a yeah. movie soundtrack, or even just you know as background music in a movie or something like okay, right. I, you giving that backstory to the record, it, it changes my how I even just after one lesson, it changes how I view view it, and again, in a, in a positive way, because it's not something you pick up on just from listening to it. It's not, oh hey, you know this is this must be a record from when everything changed in music. There's no giveaway on that, right? You'd never know it. Like there's no, I mean the 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 joke is in the name, and that's it. Like other than that, there's no. It's not. It doesn't advertise itself. Like the and and the. And it's one of those. It, it is one of those things where, like, yeah, you know, everything everything is changing around it, right? Like, it, it but it does it, it does sort of sit there, kind of static in in the in the middle of it, um, because they're not they're not doing anything that hadn't been done before, right? It's just how they're doing it, how they're putting the things together, right? Put right place, right time, right technology, exactly. And there's probably a million records over. The, well, maybe not a million, but there are tons of records over the course of recorded music history that you could say the same thing about, but we're not. But how many? But do we know any of them? You know, this is this is one that we we, we that we have the backstory for too. So who knows? Right. Well, well, that's what was great about that that documentary I was talking about the 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 backstory behind how some of these these albums got made. I mean, the 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 funny bit that they were talking about for, for a good length of time in there is how much, um, how much funk and soul music that, that, <laughs> that, you know, had just really deep grooves, really fantastic. I mean, like, like, uh, Aretha Franklin, Franklin, right? Like R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Um, you know, that, that rhythm track, the whole, you know, all the instrument instrumentation was, was the, was these three, you know, white boys from Alabama, they're the one, they're the guys that put that together, and it's the same. It's the same story though, right? Like it, it's it 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 was just now becoming possible to have this 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 studio, right? This you know they didn't have the digital technology, but there was enough of enough just the, the smidgen, just the littlest bit of social capital and and you know progressive thought and 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 daring that you could take a a studio in in the swamp and start producing world-class records there using, you know, with, 
with this you know multiracial, multi-ethnic lineup, and nobody knew it, right? Because you I mean just how could you tell? You didn't know. Um, it, it, and so it's, it's, a, it's a record. It's just sound. You right. Can't... It's just sound. Like you don't know who's making it, and you can put all your prejudice onto it and 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 imagine it, uh, but it just has nothing to do with reality. And it's kind of the same story with this, with the postal service thing, right? Like you could, you could imagine this was done in a studio. You can imagine there were, you know, there were millions of dollars behind it. The reality is just, you know, they recorded it and sent the stuff through the mail. Now you, now you don't even have to do that anymore. But I'd be interested if there's a band out there that wants to wants to experiment with that with that strategy. I, it might be worth trying to. Just see, see what I sometimes happens. think it'd be easier just to mail stuff. Yeah, <laughs> true. Just the sneaker net, just like. Actually, I think people have done the math too. That like at a certain point, it is easier just to mail a hard drive. Like you will get a, fi- a faster data transfer rate by doing it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some you know, like trying to send stuff to Lorenzo can be tough sometimes. Yeah, I think that that, that might be a show right there, though. So. Did we nail it? Yeah. Did we? I don't know. I know we didn't talk super much about individual songs. Um, oh, okay. But if there's if there's anything you want to single out, please let. Let's. No, I don't think so. I just it's just uh, the whole thing. Just sit down and listen to the whole darn record. It's not even all that long. Listen to the too. record. Yeah, it's not that long. It's good. It's all catchy. You'll start humming it, and then you'll get hooked. Yeah, it's it's forty five minutes, forty four minutes, fifty nine seconds according to Wikipedia. You know, don't watch a sitcom. Listen to a record. Yeah, and you know what? And it's not you know I, I, just to be fair, like it's not like they're all they're all A plus songs. Like there's some B's and C's in there. So there's there's 25 minutes of really great stuff. Uh, so you're you're not you're not even like we're not even asking for that much of your time. But like, as Marilyn once said, and constantly repeats, everyone every day someone's bored who's never watched the Flintstones. So right. So you know, just because this is a 10 year old record doesn't mean uh, well 14 year old or 11. However, <laughs> but, 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 is it? Sorry. 2000. Okay, yeah, 12 years old, 13, 11 years old. I think. Well, the, whatever. one of those. Okay. Yeah, something. So, but there's probably might be someone out there who's never heard it before, and that's why we're here. Well, that was funny. I asked you, right? I'm like, do you think this is too? See, I have no idea. There's have no idea what other people like, what they've heard, and there we are. <laughs> feedback is on this show. We'll see. Everyone's like, oh, we all heard that. No one, no one tends. Everyone's heard of that. No one cares. Well, you, I have I have ten copies of, the, of this record, and I I only bought one. They just keep piling up. I I, I found you know, the worst thing is. I, I didn't have a copy of it anymore. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not in my iTunes catalog. Like I didn't have it anywhere. I had to. I went on Beats to listen to it. <laughs> That's so bad. The other al- the, the the other albums that I w- oh I had I had several. Man, I had such a big list. But the other the other one which uh, I, I was thinking of of doing was um I just want to see if you've you've heard them at all. Is Electric President? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, I will save that. I'll save that for. Yeah, because I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, maybe someday in the future. Well, because they've got uh, it's another thing. I found this I, this electric president, kind of maybe a little bit similar. Uh, it's kind of this glitchy electronic pop music from early two thousands. So okay, that's the same. But I literally I found the CD in my car. I'm like, oh, what's this? And like I hadn't heard this stuff for years and years and years, and it held up. And uh, I don't know. That's always a surprise to me when I find that either either it either means my tastes haven't evolved or that I had good taste to begin with. So um, I don't know. I'm going to go with the second option. I'm going to go with the second option because that's what sounds better. <laughs> right. But that's always scary, right? Like, oh, I liked this then. I still like it now. Uh-oh. Uh, as long as you're still trying to check out new stuff, too, there's no shame in going back to the old stuff. Right. You find stuff you missed. Yeah. That's what I found big time. Like, you start to you just 
you pick things apart better. You, I don't know, you come back with fresh ears, I guess. Yeah, I'm making it a point to try to go back and listen to some uh, stuff that I haven't put listened to in a while. Last FM has a little uh, hidden feature where he like checks your says, "Hey, you haven't listened to this album to this band since 2012." Oh, really? Yeah, man. If you'd been using that all those years, I mean, when did when did Last FM start? That was like 2006. I think so. You would have a huge amount of data about what you what you liked. Yeah. Oh gosh, 2002. 2002. Oh wow. They started doing audio scrobbler. That's nuts. And definitely wasn't using it back then. Yeah, it's it's in their labs uh, section. It's interesting to go back. Wait, I haven't listened to the Beach Boys since 2012. How did that happen? <laughs> That's crazy. I gotta try that. See, I've never really used it that much, but maybe that, that sounds like something I would like. I mean, that feature alone, I think, is uh, should be baked in. It's should it shouldn't be a last feature. It should be a feature like, hey, right? It should be forced to remind you. Yeah, you're in danger of you're in danger of you're in danger of listening to the same stuff over and over again. Right. You 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 seem to like this, but you haven't listened to them forever. Go listen. Yeah, that's what that that, that should be an iTunes. Are you kidding me? Then we, then we then you would have gotten gone back to this probably before going back to the postal service before today. <laughs> yeah, well, they just it's one of those things that I don't even know what made me think of it. It just seemed like the when you asked me to do it, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm sitting there like, what am I gonna do? What what album? It's a hard it's a hard question. It really is. I I didn't even plan on making it hard on that. So. No, but you know it is though. Like it's like that's a. People are going to want to be on the show, and then as soon as you ask them on the show, they're like, oh, God. <laughs> because there are more personal albums, right? There are other choices which I had, but I'm not going to not going to talk about them. Um, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time, yeah. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Ben. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where can we find you online besides Constellation.fm? Um, just uh, on Twitter's best, uh, BA Design Co. Bad Design Co. You find it. If you're, li- you're listening to this, you've got a link somewhere in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll at least be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. What you you're you run the network and what shows are you on? Uh it's kind of all up in the air right now. We're kind of working on some new stuff, but oh, uh, cool. pulling the strings is the one that I'm always doing and uh, accessible as well. But uh, we're also do design creativity and seven. But it's just been um, the past week or two here. We've had a lot of personal stuff going on, and it just I have not gotten much. Out the door. Oh, thank, thank you, and go. Good luck with that. Um, and thank you for, in other circumstances, especially thank you for taking the time to join me today. Oh, no problem. No, it's yeah, it's fine. I'm just disorganized, <laughs> just chaotic, lots of stuff happening. But uh, this was fun. I'm glad we got to do it, and I'm glad to get to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks again so much. And you can find us. We're on Constellation FM slash Crush. Uh, we're on the Twitter and the Facebook, uh, and it's also still CrushOnRadio.com for uh, all the older stuff. Thanks again, Ben. Thank you.